Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and today I'm joined by the wonderful Kelly Shields. Kelly is a career and life coach for stressed, unhappy professionals who feel stuck in careers that make them miserable. She helps them find meaning and enjoyment in their work so that they can successfully pivot into careers they love. Before launching her coaching business, Kelly spent 12 years as an outwardly successful inwardly unhappy corporate attorney. She lives in the United States in the Washington, D.C. area with two fluffy orange cats that enjoy making surprise appearances on client calls, which we've just discussed off air. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you, Magic. Now, for all the listeners that aren't cat people, you know, if you're working from home, which many of us are these days, you really do have to pre-warn clients that you have a cat in the house. <laughs> Please laugh. Yes. <laughs> so if you're on Zoom, more often than not, your cat shows it's behind to your clients. Or if you're on audio or on a call, that is the time they want your 100% undivided attention. And we were just discussing that off air. It really makes you humble when you live with a cat. Now, Kelly, I really love in your profile that you said you were an outwardly successful, inwardly unhappy corporate attorney. Can you explain that, please? Absolutely. You know, I had followed the rules all of my life that I was told would lead to being quote unquote successful and that that would lead to being happy and having a good life. So I'd always gotten good grades and excelled and reached for the next golden rung. But after I was in law school and started working at a law firm, you know, I realized, oh my goodness, I just am miserable. I I don't like this work. I'm both bored and overworked at the same time. Um, This is like pulling teeth every day just to get through the work day. But On the outside, I was making a good salary. Um, I got to take fancy work trips. I was doing prestigious work. I mean, um, for a number of years of my career, I was working about two blocks from the White House. So by all the external metrics of success, I have reached it. But what does that mean if at the end of the day, you're exhausted and all you can do is just kind of crash until you go to bed and repeat it all over again? So everything kind of sounded impressive from the outside. And I had all the things I'd worked for, 
but it just turned out that that standard one size fits all definition of success really does not work. And it really had a negative impact on my health, mental and physical and well-being. Thanks for explaining that. I think there's many people out in the world, and certainly I've interviewed quite a few other podcast guests that feel exactly the same way. And I think for many of us, you know, we get into a job that we think we might love when we're young, but as we get older, our parameters change of of what is enjoying and what is fulfilling, but we feel kind of stuck. And I think that's a really great message to get out here to the listeners is that you're never actually stuck. Absolutely not. Um, Now, you might not be able to snap your fingers and tomorrow be in a completely different career path, but I help people all of the time who have been doing, who've been going down one career path for a while. And, you know, all we do is take some time and, you know, it is some hard work, but get clear on what would actually be a better fit for them, whether or not their original career path Sometimes people used to love their career path and something in them changed. Sometimes they've never liked their work, but you know, we're not really taught how to evaluate what type of work would be a really good fit for us in terms of our strengths and personalities and overall fulfillment and finding meaning in addition to the practical things like salary and vacation time. So just having someone to help you go through a structure and some deep internal reflection, as well as some actual concrete work in the real world to get clear on what it's going to take to make those transfers and making sure you don't just jump into something that's an idea that sounds great in your head, but that in real life you wouldn't like, um, makes a big difference and you can absolutely make a change. Totally. And why isn't that taught in schools? Like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you stand for? What are your values? I think that's something that's probably pretty important to learn. I agree. I think it would help a lot. Um, I do think that sometimes we do actually have to go out into the working world and be adults for a while and get some experience. And that helps us clarify some of those things. But oh my goodness, it would be a completely different world if career counseling offices in universities all around the world would, you know, be helping students to identify those things and figure out what that meant in terms of looking for work. Thanks for sharing that. Now, Kelly, we talk about health here. So when we're talking health, it's not just the physical, but also the spiritual and emotional So I guess my question is, what can your expertise do to accelerate health? Oh, my experience with so many of my clients is that what, how you're spending your time working, because it's so much of your waking life has a massive impact on all three areas of your health that you just mentioned. First of all, I mean, hating your job or just being stressed and miserable whether that's because you are overworked and being expected to do just an unreasonable amount of work, whether it's because you are actually underworked and are kind of dealing with bore out, um, or whether it's just because what you're doing is a terrible fit for you, or you're in a role with 
a manager or colleagues who are a poor fit for your personality. All of those things are significant chronic stressors. So we're talking the kind of things that happen all day, every day, and last for years. And that kind of chronic stress has been, you know, related to up to 75 to 90% of diseases. That's because it leads to inflammation, which leads to disease. So we're, we're marinating in this inflammation causing environment. So naturally it has a very harmful effect on many of our physical bodies. Then emotionally and spiritually, you know, there's so many people who feel like what they are doing isn't really making a difference in the world, that the world wouldn't be a worse off place if their jobs didn't exist, or who are just showing up and just their spirits are being just ground into the ground by re the repetition and monotony and drudgery and of what they're doing, or just the poor fit. And it just really has a soul crushing effect. And that can often be really linked to depression and other mental health issues, as well as just, again, like I said, it's, it's just soul crushing. All of those things together, I mean, also contribute to how fatigued and exhausted so many people are. Which if you, just on a surface level, we have the easiest access to the most energy laden food that humans have ever had, but we're exhausted. And, you know, we're not exactly living these intensively physically demanding jobs anymore, but still there's so much fatigue and tiredness and exhaustion. And a lot of that is because of, you know, stress. Stress and fatigue go hand in hand. This, you know, living in something soul crushing every day goes hand in hand with being exhausted. And then when you're tired and stressed, when you're struggling with depression, when you're just sad, when you're just trying to keep going, you tend to make poor diet and lifestyle choices on top of everything else. So it's just so easy to reach for comfort foods or sweets for a quick hit of energy. So many of your listeners probably are familiar with this and do this with, you know, being tired and needing to get up the next morning, but you stay up late and you're watching that next television show or you're scrolling on your phone. And, you know, we call it revenge bedtime procrastination um, because you don't have the time during the day to engage in the kind of, you know, fulfilling and joyful activities that you would want. So you end up sacrificing sleep because some part of you is just trying to have some time for you. And then sometimes you avoid going to sleep because then, you know, maybe it's not conscious, but subconsciously tomorrow comes sooner than, you know, you have to go to work. And so staying up late kind of keeps tomorrow off a little bit farther. And I mean, goodness, that even impacts our rest time. Um, there's a term called the Sunday scaries for when stress about your impending work week or dread of Monday morning starts to ruin your weekend, starts to ruin your Sunday and take away from what should be wonderful, refreshing personal time. And then all of that can even mean that we start having a hard time getting ourselves to do things that would make us feel better, like exercise, like getting together with our friends because we're tired and it's just hard. And that just keeps on adding to the cycle as well. I think that's really important information and I love that term revenge bedtime procrastination because 
geez, I think I've done that as well. I think we all have. <laughs> you know, when you just know you have to go to bed, but you just don't want to because, <laughs> well, I hate telling myself what to do. I hate anyone telling me what to do, as the <laughs> listeners will know. But certainly knowing I have to get up. And what I find is if I have a really big day, like with a big drive or something the next day, I sleep so poorly. And it's not through anxiety. It's because I don't want to have to go to bed, (laughs) which is crazy. But anyway, (laughs) my listeners know we've established the fact that I'm completely nuts. (laughs) (laughs) We do talk wealth here as well. And we're not just talking the financial, but the personal and emotional wealth because they all tie in together. So what are your top three tips to creating wealth? Mm, I love that question. That's such a great one. And I love the way that you are framing it for your listeners. So I think my first tip is to get clear on your personal core values. Like You need to be able to recognize and articulate what's most important to you in order for you to create abundance in those areas of your life. We can use me as an example. I figured out that two of my core values are, um, one of them is connection, which for me is a deep one-on-one relationship, Um, connecting, having real conversations with somebody on a one-on-one basis. It's just very meaningful to me. And the second core value is joy, which I define as fun and happiness and adventure. Now, when I was a practicing attorney, though, I was essentially working in solitude most of the day, um, doing work that I found boring. And I was so tired by the end of the day that it was hard for me to, you know, do the things necessary to create connection or to go have fun. So it didn't really matter what my bank balance was. I was never going to feel emotionally or personally wealthy when I was living in a way that was so disconnected from my core values. Um, So that would be my first tip. Um, You know, my second tip is that, again, when you're unhappy in your career, your work is probably a better word. It's really worth asking how much money are you spending now to buy either more time or to buy happiness? Sometimes my clients think they need an extraordinarily high salary. And again, I have no problem with an extraordinarily high salary. That's, I'm, I'm happy to help anyone negotiate for that. But often they end up realized through our work that they're spending a lot of money because they're so busy and they're so unhappy. So addressing the root cause, getting less stress, um, feeling better at the end of the day, having energy at the end of the day suddenly means that they don't need to spend so much money on things where they're trying to make themselves happy through clothes, massages, which I love, um, but just purchasing things to have fun, going out to fancy restaurants all the time. And it means, often means they don't have to spend as much money at doctors. Sometimes a lot of health conditions improve and it means they could spend less money often on getting meals delivered, housekeepers, et cetera. It just depends on the person. So you can actually find a lot of wealth, even if you are objectively making less money just by being happier. And third, just as a fun little tip, 
there are a lot of psychology studies now that shown that happier people are ultimately more successful. So you're actually priming yourself to be in a position to be more productive and to earn more money if you are able to find happiness in your work. And so that doesn't always mean a career change for everyone. Sometimes that might mean, hey, there's some parts of your job that it'd be really great to delegate to somebody else because you hate them and you can spend your time and energy focusing on the parts that energize you and that are happy. Maybe it just means you know, switching jobs in the same field. It can mean all sorts of different things, but figuring out how to maximize your happiness um, is a, actually a great place to focus to ultimately lead to more tangible financial wealth. I think that's just so important. Now, Kelly, I've actually titled this episode Unlocking the Golden Handcuffs, and I actually got that term from your bio from when I was introduced to you. So can you just explain to the listeners what that means? Yes, that is a great question. Um, We use the phrase golden handcuffs to mean that you have gotten used to a well-paying job. And suddenly that money, instead of being a tool that is freeing you in your life and being a resource for you, suddenly that high salary is something that you've gotten used to. And the thought of not having it is something that feels like a deal breaker in your life. You can't not have it. That can be either because you have you know, lived a lifestyle where you are needing all of that money, you've gone out and you have purchased a large house, have have a fancy car, um, are used to luxurious vacations, none of which are bad things again, but maybe the upkeep for your lifestyle is something that requires that high salary. Or maybe just mentally, you have gotten so used to it that the thought of not having it, you can't really picture, it's, it's frightening. How would you actually go about doing life? How can you successfully navigate life without it? And so it becomes handcuffs, locking you into a job that you'd actually like to leave, but you feel like you can't because, well, they're paying me that salary again. Thanks for explaining that. I think many of us at some point in our lives have experienced those exact golden handcuffs and there's so many people that just feel stuck because yes you're paying your bills and yes you've got a roof over your head but that seems to at some point outweigh your happiness and it's just such a common reality for many you know it I don't want to say that money are, is not important because we it is. We all need to pay our bills. And I acknowledge that in the work I do with clients, um, part of finding the right work for you includes finding work that's going to meet your financial needs. Um, but when you're feeling trapped into something that's making you miserable, um, I mean, And there are some people who are in situations where it would be difficult to change, especially immediately. But, you know, many of us can make a change. Many of us 
are kind of limited by our knowledge of what is out in the world, or we don't even give ourselves permission to explore what else could meet our practical needs because that fear, that core fear of not being able to provide for our most basic needs just kind of shortcuts the process. I have had so many just casual conversations with people like on vacation who comment that, oh yeah, I picked the wrong major, but what am I gonna do? I don't like my job, but you know, it pays the bills. And you don't have to stay stuck, but getting some support to help you through the process of addressing that can really help because it can feel really scary on your own. Couldn't agree more. I think that support is key and that's where you come in. Now, our final question for this episode is around weight because we do talk about weight. Whether people have a weight issue or not, we know that stress is, well, it's key in most disease, but it's also key in weight problems. So have you ever battled your weight? And if so, what was the trigger to keep it off? And if you haven't, how can you suggest people cope with stress to avoid weight issues? Mm. You know, I haven't really battled with my weight. Um, Although at times of higher stress, um, it certainly has gone up. I think that, you know, I think there's a lot you can do. I think that some simple techniques that you bring into your daily life to help with stress reduction can really help. I love breathing exercises, deep breathing to do some quick stress reduction throughout the workday. Meditation and mindfulness are really wonderful. I also think adding more joy into your life. Um, Sometimes it's not just about the, you know, calming your body and your brain and moving and exercise are all really important for stress reduction, but it's also really important to add some fun and joy into your life. So, you know, make sure that you are scheduling some time into your week, hopefully more than once a week, but to do something just for the fun of it, try to see friends, try to, even if it's just mindfully appreciating playing with, well, in my case, my cats, but mindfully playing with a pet and just trying to really enjoy it. Being aware of the areas in your life where you're already experiencing joy and really feeling that or giving yourself permission or making a point to go out and add more joy can also be a great way to combat stress. There's some great tips there. Now, listeners, you can find Kelly at kellyshields.com. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y-S-H-I-E-L-D-S.com. Also Instagram at Kelly Shields and LinkedIn, Kelly Shields Coach. Now, Kelly, we love freebies for our listeners. So what can you offer as a freebie? Oh, I love freebies too. So I'm happy to give one to your listeners. Um, I have a quiz that I think is really helpful and really fun. So for listeners who, you know, have been kind of thinking, oh, you know, should I stay at my job? Is it time to get a new job? I have a quiz to help them decide. So it's called stay, should I stay or should I go? And that can be found on your website? Yes, that can be found on my website. You can go to the homepage and it is, yeah, right underneath the header. Fantastic. Listeners, this was your episode 104. In 105, Kelly will be back to talk about It's Never Too Late for Change. And 
Listeners, thank you for your time. Go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.